Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. You have a lack of accountability. You have a lack of culture. You cannot have, you cannot be cultured and lack accountability because you accountability is accountability to other people, to the people who came before you, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the general populace, not just the individual person, right? To the general, not just the individual, right? What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast, a webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host, as always. My name is Jimmy, and as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. I want to say thank you to all of our students from all of our various platforms, specifically the students from By the Hood University, our MDC strategy group, as well as the youth from the By the Hood ownership camp. Camp is starting July. July 1st will be the first camp. We're going five Saturdays in July. Our camp is now condensed into five weeks, so this will happen in July. July 1st, July 8th, July 15th, July 22nd, and July 29th. Listen, man, this is a special show. I got my partner at Crown Core, but we also got our brother with us, man. The third member of the Vida Hood team, man. I might as well say it at this point, oh, right? Oh, damn, I get honorary. I should have my hat on. Yeah, man, you know, you like you like. Hold on, hold on, I got to do something. Like official wood. Oh, he bringing, he bringing the sound work, right, Core? Cool, <laughs> cool, man got a soundboard. How you feeling, bro? Good, cool, man. Yeah, man, I'm living, man. You know, I got you know, I got a four piece in, in my young and I got and they spread out. So I got a one year old and a five year old, then I got two teenagers, you know what I mean? So hey, listen, um, man, that's that's God black wealth right there. That's that's real black wealth. No, right? for sure. But you know, my five year old don't care about nothing in my life that don't involve him. That's so right. as he should. Hey, come that's on, right. what's up with you, bro? How you feeling? Good, man. Just working a little tired, but you know I'm here. Yeah. That's right, man. We're we, we gonna push through, man. We're gonna start with um, a specific article we want to talk about. Um, you know, as, as me and Core already told you, when we come on air, we just start talking and we be all over the place. But there is an interesting article that I wanted to bring you on to talk about because you are the finance rebel. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a great name for you, by the way. I, you know, but anyway, let's get into that's this really article. Me, right? That really is you. Yeah, that really is you. Really. Oh, my like old friends that I grew up with, it was like, damn, Kamari, that name is really you. Yeah, that really is you. Yeah, Let's talk about the article, though. And then we go from there, man. We want to talk about Americans in their cars, right? So an article from Bloomberg, um, which was found on Yahoo Finance. And I will put a link to this article within the show notes in the show description. It says that more Americans are getting auto loans that exceed the worth of their cars, right? So <sighs> read a little bit of this article. More, more Americans are entering into auto loans that exceed the worth of their cars after vehicles decline in the wake of dramatic increases during the pandemic, a report is found, right? So used car loan-to-value ratios increased to 125 in the first three months of this year from 104 for the same period in 2021. And this study was done um, by J.D. Power. A ratio of 125 means that a borrower's loan is worth 125% of the vehicle's value. The loan-to-value ratios could be foreshadowing higher delinquencies ahead. So this is actually more negative news about, you know, our overall economy and um, what's going on with cars. But 125, you're walking around with a loan that's 125% of the value of your car. So that means for every $100 you spend, you got to pay back $125. Yeah. 
That's a great way to put it. That'll add a little bit more perspective to it. So thank you for saying that. Um, when you hear this news, I'm not even going to go deeper into the article. I mean, that, that's kind of self-explanatory, but this is where we are in the car game. And I do remember during the pandemic, car prices were going through the roof. It was, it, it was insane. But now things are coming back to normal and actually um, depreciation is even moving faster right now with these cars. So, Kamar, what are your thoughts when you first hear this article? For who? For us? Yeah, of course. You know, mean, first, 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 you think, man? I, first off, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody should be buying a car unless you absolutely have to. Um, but here they're showing a really, this is really interesting because if loan values are this high for used cars, what the hell is going on with new cars? So go back to your first point, though. You said you shouldn't be buying a car, right? Unless you what? Absolutely need to. Now, Absolutely. in your experience as a uh, you know financial strategist, uh, tax planner, accountant, um, how often do people buy cars when they don't need them? Probably ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest. Now, let me ask you this question, right? And this this is uh, off off of this article, but you know you are you are the finance rebel, you know, <clears throat> tax professional. And I know there's no right or wrong answer to this, but what do you feel about leasing cars versus buying cars overall? Um, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, personal finance is personal, right? So you have to know who you are. You have some people out there who are like latte Nazis and car Nazis, and they want to kind of do everything by the financial book. But life isn't lived that way. Mm-hmm. So I have clients who will buy a car every year, every two years, every three years tops. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about the top of my head, I had him get a lease. Now, there's, there's another person I'm thinking of all the time. They all they do is buy, and they absolutely should be getting um, a lease because they buy yeah. almost every two years. Because at the end of the day, all these things are depreciating. Um, they don't drive them that much, so you don't have to worry about going over your mileage. Mm-hmm. And the car specialists do. There, there are other folks out there that can do that, but just at the nuts and bolts of it. Do what works best for you to live the lifestyle you want to live. Now, I'm thinking about getting a new car, but I know I'm not because my car paid off. Right, but my air just went, and I got to take my car to the shop. And I'm just like, oh god, I don't even want to see this bill. But guess what? Even if I got to pay a thousand dollars to get my air conditioning fixed, my car has like a hundred and four thousand miles on it, hundred eight thousand, something like that. I'm I'm not getting nothing else. It wouldn't make any sense. My daughter's about to go to college. My son's coming in another year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got the business. I got people I got to pay. I got other plans. I got stuff I got to do around my house. It wouldn't be smart right it's now. Just, it's just other places to put that money, right? You yeah. know. Yeah. So you don't, you don't believe in the old uh, adage, uh, we don't lease, we buy the whole car, as you should? Listen, when Ove dropped that lyric, um, it was dope. <laughs> but... Uh, it was not financially astute. And I bet now that we got 444, he probably would say Dumbo. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. All right, so the question I have um, about this article in specific, the black wealth, right? Because I know that within our community, and I can speak with this, just my circle group, I have friends that love cars, right? <laughs> but then I have another set of friends that during the pandemic and, 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 and even still got into the whole space of creating like the, the Toro businesses, Right. And that's what I thought about when I saw this. I'm like, I wonder how many of those are, you know, caught up in trying to scale up that Toro business. And where, where is that going to, um, you know, 
how how will that play out long term? I don't know. I mean, but that's something, something. Have you, I haven't heard anybody talk about Toro in quite some time. Not as much as I did. Now, obviously, both of us know Brandy, who's amazing, and she's killing it. Um, but Brandy does. Brandy doesn't do Toro. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, <laughs> not Toro. You talk about Toro specifically. Yeah, I mean, that was the play. Toro was the play. Well, Toro, yeah, but what's the other? What's a couple? And shout, out, and shout out to Brandy. Uh, well, shout out to girl. Brandy's a she's phenomenal. Like yeah, I love, I love her. But yeah, and, I, love her. And I even had Brandy on my show to talk about it. I think y'all had her on too. But Brandy's strategy was actually dope because yeah. her strategy was all about buying used cars for your first go around, mm-hmm. building up the cash flow, then buying another car in cash, building yeah. up the cash flow. And going from there, the Toro yeah. play was all about leveraging credit. Yeah, so 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 I agree with you. That's why her she stands out specifically because her whole thing was not about credit. And we living in a world now, bro. You and I know you know this because you're online like I am. The whole credit for game, now. the whole yeah. For now, yeah, I'm about to get off too, man. Because you know, you know what's running me off out of all the different stuff, all the scammers, everything. The credit folks right now are just like, oh my god, you know. No one is talking about building a business. Everybody's talking about just getting credit. Um, shout to Don Johnson. I saw Don Johnson share something today. He was talking about, you know, someone showing off all their credit cards, and they had a gazillion credit cards with, like, you know, $5 million in funding. And I'm like, all you did was get the ability to borrow. And it's just like no one's talking about real strategies of building businesses, right? So with, with that being said, though, this article kind of relates to that, too, with the whole idea of credit, credit, credit. And... Um, I think this is just a sign of other things that will happen as well when people are over leveraged. Right. Um, so I want to ask you specifically about this, Kamari, because before we came on, me, you talked about like talking about finances for so long and being able to see so many cycles. And one of the things that's consistent in these cycles are people thinking everything is sweet with credit until it's not. Right. Yeah. That's what you talk about that a little bit, like what you've seen throughout all the different cycles that you've been working in finance. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun at this point. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be something else that comes out that's going to total boggle my mind. But for the most part, it's all a lot of the same stuff. And yeah. The, the biggest issue is money management or cash flow management. People like to eat their food. Um, and, and, and let me clarify. There's a certain, group, a certain demographic that almost can't get out of the way or never get out of the way. Well, hold on real quick because your, your sound was breaking up a little bit. What I was going to say is you think that the biggest issue is just straight money management. That's what you're saying? Yeah, just straight money management. So, you know what? I'll take that back. The The biggest issue is the lottery ticket mentality. I, All right. I, I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to give you yeah, What I was going to say that. is but I was gonna say is I was gonna even break it down further. I was gonna say patience. But that's part of the lottery ticket. That's, that's, that's all baked in the game. I'll, I'll talk about patience. Patience is hard to have when you've been waiting your whole life. When you've never had anything and you've been waiting your whole life to get something, patience is hard. It is right. It's so it's not like you know the the thing that teaches you patience is being able to wait, right? And for most people, most people aren't able to wait. They either have to get it now or they'll never get it. And so um, teaching people to be patient when they've never had anything is a very hard thing to do. The most difficult like, thing. The, 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 the poorest people have the least patience, right? Because number one, they don't think they're going to live long enough to, 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 to see the 
um, outcomes, even though, um, you know, those outcomes are 20, 25 years. And so most people will live to see those outcomes because you'll work 20 or 25 years and you see the outcomes when you do that. Um, and then the other part of that is the, the time that it takes, um, the patience in the, in the, in the, um, like you said, the discipline that it takes to do something every day, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing people have the discipline to do every day is get up and go to work, right? And that's because if they don't get up and go to work, they don't eat, the lights go off. They, and some people don't even have a discipline, dis, discipline and dedication then to get up and go to work every day. So with, with, their, with their basic necessities on the line, people still won't get up and do the basics, right? So um, you gotta be, you, you know, for me, uh, how do we combat you know the poverty mindset because that's really what it is it's the it's being poor how do we combat poor so and this is the thing i guess uh, kamari and you can speak to this too it's frustrating because when you're in a specific say industry a niche for so long and you see these things happen is what you said a couple minutes ago you said nothing nothing's new under the sun all these different things in terms of the credit plays we saw that before we saw it in 2006 i saw it in 99 like seen that's it all. A that's, the run up, that's the run up to the fall down. Yo, right. I, 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 a little bit different, buddy. It's all the same shit. Yeah, I've seen all these things, right? Even even like the easy money in the market until it's not. I've seen those things. Yep. Um, you know, and and it's it's difficult because sometimes when you try to like show folks from your experience or from things you've seen, they just think that like you know hit you with the oh man, you hate you old, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Like, no, it's really the same thing over and over again. So I always think about this because. Um, Buffett talks about this every year at his convention and it talks every about it year. every year. Literally for 50 years, you've been saying the same thing. And it just, you know, it just plays out the same way over and over and over again. But I get your point, Corey. That's why it's difficult. It's a difficult conversation because, you know, you got to combat poor, right? Like, how do you combat poor, right? So you're talking about, let's say somebody who grew up poor, you know, mom was a regular working mom had a dad too, regular working dad, but you know, ends barely meeting. And then, you know, you, 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 you're a young person and they, you know, because they never had anything and they don't, they can't really show you where to go get the money. They send you to college and now they put you into that same cycle of debt that they had. Right. And now you're living that same cycle of debt, that same life. How do you break out of that when, when then and then you try to educate yourself, right? And then you run into these people on the internet. When you go to educate yourself, you run into these get fifty thousand dollars in credit and you run into them people. Yeah. You tell so, me you got you got any thoughts about that? I mean, my first thought is how do you escape it? Just rob yeah. with the scammers. Just hang yeah, out with the scammers. Is, is go not, to Atlanta. <laughs> I'm hey, just saying, I'm joking. I'm Again, joking. A, a lot of this stuff is not. <laughs> is 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 you know people need access to capital right and so you they're they're, they they're really solving know? listen they're solving a problem the thing about that access to capital they're, is that that capital has that capital has interest on it and it's going to it's going to put a get you deeper into the cycle of whatever you got going on if you don't have a way to service that debt right because the thing that people don't talk about is servicing the debt that you had how do you service it all right, so all we have to do is look at data, right? So it's as it's, it's, it's simple as looking at data. And the reason that they're able to get access to said capital on those cards are because 
most of the institutions that loan them out know that people aren't going to pay them back. They're going to get caught in the proverbial hamster wheel, which is why they make billions of dollars doing it. Ninety eight percent of people do not pay their full full monthly balance. Right. So eight percent. Just look at the data, right? So the data will tell you that that that's kind of what's going to happen. Also, one thing I like to do is, and I had this conversation with someone today uh, based upon Don's post, and they couldn't answer me. I'm like, well, show me any business that you know of that you know has been built long term who started with credit cards. I'm like, was um was was the was the the Marriott started with people leveraging their thirty uh, percent credit cards? Did someone start Facebook because of thirty percent credit cards? Now, granted, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Do Robert people start Townsend. small businesses with credit cards? I'm not saying that. Robert what I'm Townsend saying is the only is, one I knew, but he had a product and he had a skill. Exactly. And right? so there's there's nothing wrong with taking a risk on yourself right what you're talking about is him having something that's able to service the debt that's what i'm talking that's the point he didn't have the time no but he had but he had his uh screenplay right from my understanding he had a screenplay he had his idea of what he was going to do what i'm saying is people now get funding and say let me figure out the business later they ain't got no business all they got is an LLC. i I can't tell you how many times people will hit me up and say this is one in fact I'm kind of protected and listen. Um, lady has an LLC and a full-time job. All kinds of things she does. Um, but she had about thirty or forty thousand dollars in line of credit for somehow she got it. That has no business, really doesn't really have a great business mind either. That's no diss to her. Um, it's something you can develop over time, but she doesn't have it right now. And she was asking me, what should she do? I told her to keep her job. I told her to keep her job because, you you know, part of the reason why I'm tired, because me and Jimmy were talking about this before we went on, is because I always attempt to give real holistic advice for that person where they're at, at that situation. Has nothing to do with me. Because when you're giving advice, yes, your personal experience comes into play. However, I'm supposed to be objective in what I'm doing. So I'm not the biggest fan of real estate, but guess what? Probably one of my biggest client segments is real estate. Why? Because I've been working in and around it for so long and I can understand how it works from taxes and everything else, understanding a lot of the pricing, how people get their financing done, right? I understand all that, but I could also say, I won't sit there and say, I'm a poo-poo deal just because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. uh, But I'm going to say, let's look at the merit of the deal. That's not what's going on on social media. People are saying they're coming on, they brought a property, just using that as an example. They brought it for a dollar. They didn't see it, sight unseen. The roof's off, the back of the house is off, and they don't know how to get a contractor an engineer and an architect to redo all that. Yeah. Uh, they don't know to do anything. And so now what they brought for a dollar they got for a steal might be two hundred, three hundred dollars uh in liabilities that they have to assume in order to get this project up and up and going before it even sees a dollar. Right. So you know for me it's frustrating because it's like you're seeing a person literally walk off a cliff and you're trying to say no, don't do it. Yeah, right. and that's but see, but to Corey's point, that's where it becomes all this is tied back, honestly, to the original article, right? Because absolutely, people, people running absolutely. into 
and people running into these loans, these crazy loans. But it goes back to Corey's point. Like the math is the math, right? We can look at data points. And the math is math. At, and we can look at the fact that, like, even the article, 125%. We know that you shouldn't be, it shouldn't be costing you $125, like, you know, for every hundred. I shouldn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, you're, you're hustling backwards. But Corey's point is when you have people that have a scarcity mindset and come from poverty, it's difficult to tell them. The only thing I would say to that is, like, you know, um, I would say, I don't want to say just do your research because it's deeper than doing your research, but figure out where you're trying to go to. And figure out who's went that way. Develop the habits to get to where you're trying to go. Yeah, because a lot of times what we'll do is people are following people that haven't done what they want to do, right? (laughs) And 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 that's part of the problem. And that's part of the problem. Like you know, people out here following folks for real estate. To use your example, and they're following people that don't do real estate deals, right? That don't do real estate deals. There was a gentleman that did a real estate course, and he I think he bought one property. Did a real estate. Might have one. Yeah, exactly. Might have done one or two. And but the crazy part is he marketed the fact that he did one property and people still was signing up for his mentorship. He was like, yo, I did one property. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I ain't mad at him because he was honest about it. But I'm just saying, like, if that's what you want to do, if you only want to do one property, maybe he's got to talk to. But find out, find people that, you know, have, have walked the path or, you know, professionals. Another thing I find interesting is a lot of times the people that get caught up and all these, um, you know, scam allegations or even fraud. And, you know, these days we got people getting locked up and getting charged for things. None of them are licensed professionals, though. And it's not saying that a licensed professional makes you any better. It's just that I did notice that. Right. Because, again, throughout history, licensed professionals have went to jail. and done. A, I mean, Bernie Madoff had a license. Right. So that's not what I'm saying. But I'm talking about within our niche, in our community, you don't see a lot of that. And I had a um, conversation with one of our sisters um and she was telling me she's licensed, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, the thing about it is that's kind of the problem. There's so there's only so much she can say online because of the license. So she really can't come back all the bad stuff. That's a fact. Yeah. So she's kind of so you kind of get handcuffed by being a professional. So yeah, part, of, part of the reason why I'm even on social media is because when I was a financial advisor, I wrote an article for Seeking Alpha. My broker dealer saw it. They went ape shit. They were like, they want to fire me. And so I kind of scaled back a little bit mm-hmm. and stopped doing some of the stuff. And then I was like, I really want to talk online. I want to get out into the community. And so that was part of the reason why I even went back to tax and, and accounting because I saw one, it was an opportunity. Two, I can speak my mind and speak freely, right? And I'm not out here just trying to get over on people. I want to give give the real. I couldn't do that when I was when I had a security license. When I had a when I had a security license, I had to do the same thing. I had to get rid of mine because then talked me out of getting my security license. I was literally taking the test. Corey, that was you should thank Jimmy right now. Yeah, because you you can't give him a hug. Oh, he'd have lost it already. You would have lost (laughs) it. Your ass might have got locked up. (laughs) Yeah, like not because you did something. I used to, to the clients, but you just broke the rules, and it's easy. Yeah, to do. man. Yeah. I, 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 I gotta to say what clear. I gotta say. I used to have to get everything cleared that I would say online. I had to get cleared. Mm-hmm. They would check. They, I had to submit every bank statement every month. Like it was like they was all in my business, and I'm like, I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like I don't even want to deal with this, right? Because there's only so much you can say, but that's part of the problem too, right? Um, having the good information to combat the bad. Right. And having real conversations, because even with some of the people that a lot of people aren't scammers. Right. But a lot of people are selling bad products because they're just they're selling them with the blanket mentality. Everybody needs this. 
whether that's insurance, whether that's credit, whether that's this. Some people aren't scamming, but there's there. I mean, I guess if you want to consider that scamming where you try to apply like this blanket, this blanket uh, product to a bunch of folks. So there's a conversation right now. And I'm going to be mm-hmm. talking about this because this is your show. Um, y'all show. Mm-hmm. But there's a conversation going on around around right now of a person has podcasts and they, they lend their, their platform to said scammers and they feel that they're not responsible for helping said scammers deliver their message, but they're culpable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talk about village mindset, community mindset all the time. They went so far as to talk about how people that, that expose how they are not being good stewards of their platform are being harmful to the community. And they said they're kind of corny. And it kind of backfired on them a little bit. But mm-hmm. that is going on a lot. People are just like, I'm I'm cool with looking the other way. People are like, listen, there's no snitching rules in effect. As long as it doesn't affect my pockets, I don't care if it affects Miss Miss Ann's or Miss Bertha's pockets down the street from me. I see that that's that, part that, of the problem to me. That's a little frustrating too. This is one of the reasons why I'm about to just like fade fade the black because it's a little frustrating too, because um accountability has to be a thing. Right. We have to be held accountable Um, and we got to do right by each other, because one of the reasons that we struggle now is because no one will hold anybody accountable. So so we got to we got to be held accountable. We got to do right by each other. You know what? You know what a lack of accountability is? A lack of culture. Because what what culture is, is accountability to other to other people for the rules and regulations of of, of, of everyday people. So when you have a lack of when you have a lack of culture. Slow it down. Slow it down. You just say that one more time, man. Because when you have a lack of accountability, you have a lack of culture. You cannot have you cannot be cultured and lack accountability because you accountability is accountability to other people, to the people who came before you to the to the to the to the to the general populace, not just the individual person, right? To the general, not just the individual, right? And so most people, like my thing is the mo- the thing I'm proudest of is being black. Like most people don't understand that, right? And Sorry. so I'm accountable to black people. I am accountable to black people and to culture and, and black cultural norms. I am accountable to those black cultural norms. And so a lot of people don't get a, get a chance to say that because they don't want to be accountable to anything, right? Yeah, I can that, say yeah. I'm a, I'm proud of being black. I, I I will say I'm black, and I will say I'm black one hundred thousand times out of a hundred thousand times because I I want to be accountable to black cultural norms, right? My thing is the thing is we have to be accountable to one another to be for it to be cultural, right? Because that's part of. That's a, that the thing that makes culture culture is accountability to one another, and no one wants to be accountable to anyone. So for me, I, I agree with. Go ahead, Kamar. Go ahead, Kamar. I agree with that, Corey. But I also think we need to challenge some of our cultural norms as well. We do. For example, is, stop if we, snitching. If we challenge if we challenge those things together, then we get to move the culture. But the thing is, no one's challenging anything because no one's accountable. You can't challenge. Uh, okay, something yeah, if you're, I, if you're I agree with that because nobody really cares. And well, I'll see, take yeah, a step you make a point about that, right? Because that's where I was going. <clears throat> the thing is, you have to actually care. So when we talk about black love, it's not just a thing of um, just using it hyperbolic, right? You have to genuinely love and really care about your people, right? One of the things that I'm most proudest of is the fact that 
I do write by people, right? Because it's not about the money. It's not about the money. I could lose everything today or tomorrow. I got two brothers on right here. I'm like, yo, I need something. I know y'all, if y'all got it, y'all help me, right? That yeah. is or that if we me, ain't got it, we're gonna figure out legal that, ways. That, 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 to me, get it. that to me is real wealth because you can't buy that, right? And sometimes when people are out there with this mentality, this poor and scarce mentality, they don't care about harming people to get to where they're going. And, and it gets to the point where we're we're trying to um, do business, right, and act in a, in a certain capacity, but it's almost a drug dealer mentality that some of these folks have. No, people it's not have, almost. No, yeah, I was about to say it's absolutely People yeah. have a drug dealer's mentality selling financial products. It's absolutely insane. It's like, yo, you're really acting like a drug dealer. Like, look. Um, now, Jimmy, I want you, I want to throw back to something. I was on this show and I said, mm-hmm. we have drug dealer morals. Mm-hmm. And you didn't like when I said that. I know, I didn't like it. I thought, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I, you know, but, but I, I understand what you mean, right? Because when you see that mentality that I'm just going to do whatever I got to take to get this money. And then I'll give back when I get to the top. Like I'm going to do a little bit of charity. Like I'm a, I'm a Nino Brown and, and send some turkeys back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, that's not the village mindset. Right. And that village mindset is something that we often talk about And the village mindset. So, will get you so out of that. We, we're going to get clapped at for this because the village mindset, they'll say my village is more important than yours. But my thing is because they don't consider themselves black. They they consider their family. They don't because they're, they're not considering the whole village. They're considering their small portion of the village, right? Me and mine are taken care of, right? And so that's a that's not even a drug dealer mentality. That's just selfishness, right? Tribalism. That's just tribal, right? Like me, me and the in the ten people around me are all taken care of. And so because me and the 10 people all around me, I didn't leave them in in, the, in bad situations, right? I didn't take care of I, I took care of the people around me. So yeah, it starts there, but it shouldn't end there. Most people will end it there, right? Well, that, I took that, care that, of that me means, that, that, means that you have no protection, right? Because if you understand how this world works, when 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 the, the powers but that most people don't understand how the world works, because man, Tiger Woods was on top of the world, right? And then his his uh alabaster wife. Smashed his windows out and he lost a lot of money, right? But then he wanted to, you know, when he was looking for protection from the black people that you know, because he had black, you know, he couldn't get that protection because he told people he wasn't black. He's Calabonesian, Calabonesian, right? And so, but but, but that's my point. My point is when you when you behave that way, when you need the collective, the collective ain't there because you've shown us you don't care, right? So that goes into that idea of selfishness, um, which is problematic. But Kamari, what you said before is absolutely right. When you think about those those the, that drug dealer mentality, people are applying that, and even the idea of you cornering, you snitching, like that's yo, that's wild to me, bro. That's wild to me. But see, this is why I feel that we need one of the things we need to focus on in the whole Black Wealth Movement is history and education. Okay, because snitching or not snitching has its place for a certain thing. Yeah, if, right. we, if two people do a crime and one get caught, no, 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 let's not even do crime, right? I want to stop talking about crime and criminality. No, because let's go back to the let's go back to the plantation, from, though. right? Let's go back to the plantation. The house Negro might have known about the plans for the field Negroes for them to escape, because contrary to popular belief, there were a lot of house Negroes that helped slaves get away. Oh, for sure, right? And so they didn't snitch on each other because it was a matter of life or death. Because many times the, the house Negro got punished 
right alongside with the Phil Negro because of whatever thoughts was going on. You should have known, even if you closer. didn't know. Right, exactly. So known. they would do, and this is all documented. You can do plenty of reading. Don't just rely on Malcolm X for this one, y'all. But that doesn't exist right now, right? There's a, there's a famous story when Fidel had to kill in Cuba and he hid out in the hills and nobody gave him up. They didn't snitch on him because he was working for the people. These Negroes ain't working for the people no more. They're working for themselves. And so we have to be able to evolve with the times and say, you know what? Stop snitching doesn't work for these people who are hurting everybody. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes from the streets to the social media streets and the whole nine. They all should get snitched on and they should get whatever punishment that they can get. I don't even care but about the, that. I, the thing is, the greatest punishment should be excommunication from the culture, but we don't have culture. Because we don't have we're not policing. We're not right? Because that used to be the that used to be the greater, they used to be the greater uh, uh, uh of two punishments, right? To do a bid or to get excommunicated from the culture, right? right. You have no home. Most people would rather do a bid to get excommunicated from the culture because the culture added added a layer of protection. And, and so, so if I do a bid and I come home and I'm I'm part of the culture, people will take care of me because I did it for us. Right. right? Exactly. I ain't do that. I ain't do it for me. I did it for us. Right. You know what I mean? But like so, like let's say I got I got uh locked up at a protest or you know the police beat my ass on my way home just because I was out and about in the wrong place at the wrong time. When I got home, the, the culture took care of me. <clears throat> but fair. nowadays, there's no accountability to anyone. So, right, you know how how uh um how they say neighborhoods are now just hoods because nobody's neighbors. You know what I mean? Because it's just it's just no we there's no accountability, right? Like I, I ain't even gonna lie. I don't know my neighbors. I don't want to because. <laughs> The thing about it is, the more people, the more you know people, the more the more you know them, right? Like, people, you can't take too. advantage of me if we don't know each other that well. So I'm neighborly, but I am not friendly with my neighbors. I am neighborly. I make sure I, I take care of my my property. I take care of their property. If I see like they trash can turned over, or if I'm if I'm shoveling, I'm going to shovel people on both of my sides. I'm neighborly, but I am not friendly. Don't invite me to nothing, and don't talk to me or my kids. Right. Because I don't know how you raise your family and I don't want to be accountable to the to the standard of your family. And that's what's happened over years. Like I grew up in a neighborhood where everybody so basically was, you're saying you're part of the problem. I am right now. <laughs> at, at this point. Yeah, I have to be because but for my family's protection. Right. But if I was the if I was the, the thing, this this is where we, we get into another conversation. If I was the, if I live next door to you and Kamari, I wouldn't have that issue. Understood. This is where Byron Woodson Byron Woodson told us 15 yeah, years live ago. Live next to your friends. He said, he said the, 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 the way to build true wealth the solve, is to, to solve the black problem is to live next to your friends. And when he said that, when he said that, that, when he said that, we laughed at him. He said it's like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, he, he definitely gave us this like 15 years ago. Yeah, and literally, that's the solution. I mean, that, that kind of goes to the um the Charles Blow solution too, right? You ever read that book, Kamari? No. The Ten City Solution. No, it, well, it's the devil that you uh, the devil. The devil that you know. The devil that you know. So I haven't read it yet. I I, I brought it. I didn't read it yet, yeah. but I do understand that it's about all of us moving down south, strategically uh, taking over things. Most black people are down south anyway. Yeah. We're really getting busy and taking over the politics. 
and on the surface. I agree with that to a certain degree because I'm actually tired of the cold weather up north anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, we 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 been spared because we we had light winters these last couple winters, but my listen, son's going. I don't even want to talk about that. I got stung by a bee in November, dog. I was telling Damn. my friend, I was telling my friend who lives in Atlanta, I was like, see, the thing is, that's easy to say. I said, but you live in Atlanta, and I've been down there, and... The police is heavier down there than anywhere else. No, 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 I, I, said, I said, there's Atlanta, and then there's Georgia. Oh, facts. Just oh, like yeah. there's Philadelphia, and there's, and then there's Pennsylvania. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, yeah, I keep, I keep here. I went to Lidditz one time, and I'm never going back on that side. That's a, that's a that's another story, but the point is though, um, that's the Charles Blow theory about. Um, and for those who know what we're talking about, it's a book by Charles Blow called The Devil You Know, and he has a theory um, about you know um, us as people moving down south and like Kamari said, taking over the politics and building up. And you got the nearly Fuller Junior on the other side. Is that we should avoid each other at all costs. <laughs> Nearly full of junior was like, no, dog, we got we should just stay away from each other because most people ain't worth the time or the effort that you would put into them. Yeah, man. So we, we got issues, I man. Get that too. <laughs> Come on, what did I tell you? Both sides of it. Come on, what did I tell you though? I was like, this is the thing. We're gonna start with this 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 article about this card that and we end up all <laughs> over the place. This is how our conversations go. This is what I love about our pod. We start talking about one thing and Next thing you know, uh, we talk about Neely Fuller versus uh, Charles Blow, right? But listen, we've been podding not consistently together, but for what almost three, four years now. So yeah. I already knew what this was. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I said it. Just, it, it ain't where you started. Who you think, you know? But I think I think to kind of like give a synopsis of what we're talking about, right? We can get back to the article about the car, and um, but the idea is we have to be smarter as it pertains to understanding what true wealth building is. Understanding the difference between credit and actual wealth. People be posting things like, yo, I got X amount of funding. That is not money. You got to pay that back, right? You have access to capital. That's cool. That's cool. No, access, access to capital, capital is absolutely necessary. But it comes in all kinds of forms. Uh, I mean, access to capital is necessary to no, grow. It's not. No, it's it not. is. I think no, I think no business is without access capital. to capital. By so. creating capital, having income. So I'll say this. I think one of the greatest fallacies is it takes money to make money. I, I disagree. It takes creativity. It takes consistency. It takes value. Well, it takes value. It definitely takes value, right? That's kind of a given. But a lot of times, I mean, listen, we all know a lot of the same folks, and we know some dope fucking people, man. And all they had to do was really think about what they want to do, and they could call three of us and say, I got this idea. What do you want to do? Boom! I can call three, 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 four, four, four people and see if they're interested or whatever. That's money right there. The relationship, the money's in the relationships, so it we is. don't necessarily. Well, what do the relationships mean, provide? But wait a minute, I got you. But what I'm saying is, some people feel like they got to get all this credit. When you watch Shark Tank, what do they ask? The number one question: How many Listen. things have you sold? Yeah. Of course. So if you can, if you got, if you got, listen, man, I think Prop Joe was a prophet. Um, what's the, the goal of business? Buy for a dollar, sell for two. A lot of times we overcomplicate this shit and we want to do things that we have no business even thinking about. Not to say we shouldn't dream, right? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. But listen, I don't have a degree in engineering. 
I, me, Kamari, should not be thinking about doing some rocket science, right? I want to stick to my zone of excellence. Money, stocks, taxes, finance. That's it. Now, I don't mean I can't learn something else, but for right now, that's where I'm at. Yes, what is your zone of excellence? Where can you dominate? And if you apply creativity to that, you can win. You don't need a million on credit cards. So so I want to add to that point, though, right? So there are a lot of businesses and even big businesses that are billion-dollar businesses today that didn't really have funding like that. No. They, they use the they income. Bootstrapped. They bootstrapped. That's, 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 that's still in my funding. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Still in my, but but that, that's what the word is. That's the, that's the term for I it. I understand term. it. I just, you know, every time I hear it, it just... Yeah, that's the term for it. Um, not because you're thinking about it when people say like pick yourself up, but but I know it in, just it just in, in the corporate world, well, you say that, that the business is bootstrap, but that's kind of what it is, right? So there's a number of companies that are billion dollar companies now. I was reading an article the other day and it gave you, I think, like Hewlett Packard, it was a bunch of big companies. They didn't really take funding, they literally um use the income that comes from whatever they generate. And it's not saying that you you that approach applies everywhere, but at least have an understanding. Of what it is you're signing, you should, right? you should have some income. You should have some income, like yeah. you always say. Like people out here got businesses that don't have no income. Like yeah. how do you like? What are you doing? Like you got an LLC before you your business actually like you worried about the wrong thing. Like you worried about LLCs and credit cards and all that stuff. What is your business and how do you make money? You ever read the story of um how Google started? Yeah, and they worked on the product and they were focused completely on search. They were focused on working on the product. And when they got the first guy to invest, he wanted to give a million dollars. They didn't even have an LLC for him to send it to. He was yep. like, I want to write you guys a check. And they ain't know who to tell them to make it to. Yep. But they were so focused on the actual business. Anyway, um, that's just an example. But the point is getting back to the whole car idea. My thing is just understand what it is you're signing, right? Don't get in situations where 125%. Now, can we go back to the to the to the root of that though, real yes. quick? Go ahead. So you have to understand why the finance companies are one charging up twenty five percent because that's basically what it is, and and how they're able to get away with it and what you should do to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So they're charging that amount one hundred twenty five over the value of the car because the demand is there one, so enough people are buying it. Mm-hmm. Two, credit situations have gotten tighter because of uh, the Fed rates have gone up. So it's not as easy for everybody to borrow. So now they're like, hey, we got to get a premium on this because we're taking a risk because you're buying a car and you don't have cash. And so the fact that you don't have cash to buy these cars, it puts you in a more precarious position. So, I mean, I think people need to get back court. I will never forget me and Corey had this argument and I was like, cash is king and will always be king. And we need to really cash focus on no cash, cash <laughs> and cash flow, cash right? Flow. Because at the end of the day, you need a pile of money or you need a money of flow, of of, of flowing of money. I can't figure out how to say cash, that. Too. Cash flow. I'll take now, cash flow. You need. You need. You can, when you can, sit, first on, you can, you can sit on money like a pile, like a dragon. You can sit on a pile of money like a dragon. <laughs> and if I got cash flow, I'm always going to have money because I have a way to always bring the money. Because cash flow isn't always forever, though, either. Right. And so we're talking about. No, no, no. No, no, no. Come on, Court. Hold on, Court. Every second of every day. What you got to do is why I hate this argument from you is because you're too smart for this. You know, the average person don't got no cash flow. That's not the point. 
That is Cash flow is still king. We got to talk to them where they're at. We got to meet them where they're at. You're missing the point. You're and, saying and, cash and is And I've missed Corey so much, so I'm, I'm intensely egging them all so we can I know you are. That's why I'm sitting there laughing. I'm sitting there laughing. Cash is not king. This, this, cash this, is absolutely by king. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is all the time. That's why I'm sitting there just laughing. Like, I, this is not, this is not I'm, it. He's like, I'm already trolling. Cash flow is king. Listen, I'm a finance major. The first rule of finance is cash is king. And every time you run up to some, why do companies go bankrupt? Because one, their cash flows dried up, and two, because they don't have a pile of cash. How do you get? get how do you get a pile of cash? What do you mean? How do you get a pile of cash? You get can get a loan. Get fifty eleven credit cards and do uh, what's it called? <laughs> that, that part. That part. And do, and do hey, listen. Spending. You can get a loan. You can get investment. You can okay. have stable cash what flows, revenues. Is, it's okay. a lot and of ways. You don't you have do any money to service those debts. Why? Why? The All reason right, why. We were talking Wait, about the but you go on a two hundred one. You don't have the money. No, but you go on a two hundred finance two hundred one. We have finance one hundred one. Service it with cash flow. Get out what? of here. Get no, out of here, your average individual does not have cash flow, Corey. They got a job. Yes, they do. They have a job. No, and then once they leave that job and they go to a business, what do they have? What Nothing. do they have? Nothing. Right. Right. So the average individual they also need doesn't have five hundred dollars in savings. See, no, but they need a pile of cash to sustain all right, them. All right. All right. All right. All right. Y'all, y'all gonna go back and forth all day. Bottom line is because yeah, like, I'm right and Corey's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Corey. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but not at all. Let me just say this real quick. There's never any animosity between any of us, right? We talking about ideas, mm-hmm. and yeah. sadly, a lot of times. We can't do this, but we need this because we need the intellectual vigor in order to survive in this world. Thanks. And and we need to be doing that. Iron sharpens iron, diamond sharpens irons. And we don't see enough of this, respectfully. Yeah. I mean, I, I got nothing to say with that, man. I just, yeah. you know, me and Jim argue like we, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're close. Y'all brothers. That's why I don't mess with y'all because y'all always jumping. But that's the thing, though, right? So, so, you know, one of the reasons, and I say this often, that Corey and I work, and our partnership works, is because is 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 mission focus. It has nothing to do with egos, right? At all. And I'm I'm not gonna get into humbleness, Corey, because Corey hears the word humble. That's not what I'm gonna say. But what I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna, what I'm going to say is. It's mission focused, right? We are focused on the mission, and it's not about any of our egos. I'm gonna we we argue about humanity versus humility. <laughs> but in, in, in all seriousness, I know y- y'all joking. Um, but everything you said is true. But the other reason why y'all thing works though too is because y'all chemistry is great. Like we don't, and I ain't talking about romantically, folks. We don't look at some of the basics enough, like. Do you like the person? Do you get along with them? Right. <laughs> you know, just like the basics. Like, if you don't really rock, actually, Jim and Corey are kind of the same people. Actually, all three of us are kind of the same people with different variations of things. But if that if that didn't exist, it wouldn't work. And that's really important. It's yeah. really important. I mean, I you, know, you know, I don't work with people. I was like, I don't even, I don't even play around. I don't even work with people. We're not for the fake. Absolutely, man. So now, so now, with that being said, folks, what we're gonna do before we get out of here is, because personally, what I'm gonna do now is I gotta go look up some more Neely Fuller now because I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do a juxtaposition of Neely Fuller. I wanna now I have to like I gotta Neely really Fuller Junior is that dude. No, I, I'm familiar with some of his work, but I don't wanna do now that you brought that up to me. I'm like he did say that. I'm like all right, so now I gotta compare what he said to Charles Blow and 
kind of do the juxtaposition there. That would be a dope podcast. Hey, tomorrow you gonna you gonna come back for that? We gonna we gonna do some studies. Let's let's do that, right? I'm here whenever you call, brother. All right, let's do that then. All right, so now now I'm gonna get you some source material. We're gonna actually do a little bit of research. We're gonna compare the strategies. Of Neely Fuller, I gotta bring our kill on this too because I know he would love this. Yep. Um, yeah, get our kill. He absolutely yeah. love this. And, and Charles Blow, we are gonna compare these two bodies at work, and then we going um and, and come talk about it. Um, and shout out to all the black scholars out there, man. I appreciate all you guys. They're necessary. Absolutely. Very. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, though, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about what's going on in um the world of finance and everybody just borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. And the crazy part about that article that I actually mentioned in the article is that it's a sign of what's to come. And even when you talk, people talk about people borrow, getting all these credit cards. I don't think they understand what's going to come because they can tighten that stuff up at any time. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people with a credit card balance of ten thousand. They shut your card down. You still owe them that money, but you don't have access to the capital no more. So just understand that um, you're not in control, and that's a big part of it. You are not in control. Anyway, um, core about to go in again to stop. Yeah, that's why I'm about to say cash yeah, yeah, flow. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> cash flow. We're going we gonna to leave it alone. We're going to leave that alone. Cash rules. Right, I'm right, I'm right see, see, I got I to gotta, I gotta rep these two. I got to rep these two. <laughs> Listen, make sure you leave us feedback. Let us know what you think. Make sure you follow Kamari Ellis, the finance rebel on YouTube. He's one of the top YouTubers in the space. Listen, bro, um, I love your work, uh, obviously. Uh, you know, um, the other oh, day, God. a couple of weeks ago, Kamari did a video. I was in his chat the whole time going crazy. I'm super chatting. I'm going crazy because I disagree with one of his, uh, his his folks. But it's all good, though. It's all I love, though. I love his content. Um, so make sure you subscribe to his channel. Follow the Finance Rebel on Instagram and um, TikTok. And, you know, where else you at, Kamari? Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Twitter, Facebook. Adult Frame Finder. All of it. You can find Kamari there. <laughs> he's, under, he's under the Finance Rebel on all the different sites. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Corey, you got any last words we got here, bro? Man, listen, just love each other enough not to do nothing crazy to each other. That's all. Absolutely. Brother, brother, brother. Uh, Baba Mars, we call him. You got any other last words, bro? No, nah, man. Keep spreading love. It's the black way. There you go. And to our audience out there, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys on the next episode. We love y'all. Peace. Peace.